0: Hello and welcome to Fan Slash Fiction with Andrew Slash Zach. I'm Zach Dunsing. And I'm Andrew Gum. In this special Valentine's Day episode, we talk about uh <laughs> I'm trying to kind <laughs> of leave this whole thing in. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I well, I wanna say I keep thinking I'm gonna say we play around with tropes. Also, we should mention that this is the beginning of our third season.
1: Oh, that's smart. Yeah.
0: Hello and welcome to the fuck me. Okay. Um, How's it going,
1: man? Uh, it's good, it's good. It's been a very busy, different, and interesting period of time, and we haven't spoken much in a while. So, how are
0: you? Been avoiding it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I, you know, it's slow and steady.
1: Okay. I've been uh, fast and furious. Too fast, too furious.
0: Dude, have you watched the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw?
1: Yes, I have. I'm so on board. I kind of think it looks awesome. I'm a
0: hundred percent on board.
1: <laughs> I was like, okay, they they committed to the bit. Yeah, I'm listening. You know, I
0: mean, I know it's a spinoff, but it's also like basically slash fiction between Jason Statham and uh, the Rock. Sorry, Dwayne totally, jo- Dwayne Johnson. Totally, and if they don't hook up, they are not doing that
1: anyone justice. justice. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, what 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 have you what have you been up to? Um, well, I'm doing a play right now, so I'm working uh, the same job, just still teaching theater and film. Mm-hmm. And What's- I'm I'm in a play called Dancing Lessons. Um, it's a two person show. It's me and uh, a very talented actress named Michelle. Uh, she plays a dancer who mm-hmm. has a torn knee ligament and is probably never going to be able to dance again. And I play Uh a guy named Ever with autism who uh, is trying to learn how to dance from her for an award dinner so he doesn't embarrass himself. Typecast
0: typecast again, huh?
1: Yeah. They just, they keep doing it. They keep doing it to me. Uh, But yeah, it's been really, it's been a really interesting show. It's uh, the director, Meg, is really great. Michelle's great. Um, It's a a very, there's a lot of heart in the show. Dancing do you, lessons.
0: Do you have to do any actual dancing?
1: I do. And I don't have to do it well. So that works good, that's out good. very nicely. So, <laughs> that's a plus. Yeah. I've... Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: what about you, man? I heard you were on a podcast recently. How'd that go? <laughs> not, this uh, <laughs> not, not, this not this one. Not this one, It's uh, been a while.
0: Yeah, no, I was on my, my buddy Joe Nolan, uh, his podcast, or he invited me on it. It's, he and another guy. Um it's called Art Fight Podcast, uh, and it actually should Art be, Fight? Yeah. It probably should okay. be coming out sometime this week, but not the week that- it'll, a week before we re- actually released this episode, but this week that we're recording it. Um, yeah, gotcha. they, they deal with- uh, they talk to- they're both really into art and um, fighting. Uh, so they, they talk to Great. artists, and they talk to- they talk to artists about fighting, and they talk to- like you know, MMA fighters about art, and wherever that the, is... the paths cross. Um, and I mostly. And just, so they
1: spoke with you because you uh, are an MMA fighter who paints with the blood of
0: your enemies. So you're both. That's right. Yeah. No. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah. I I don't know why I was on the show to be perfectly honest.
1: <laughs> well, but you're an about, artist. Uh, yeah. So it's true. I talked about this. You're literally a, bit. a visual. Hey, that's cool. Shout outs. Thanks, Art Fight.
0: Thanks, Art Fight. Uh, um,
1: well, cool, man. It's been It's weird because it's actually sorry, been a while. Sorry. This is In very general. awkward. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I think we're doing I know. a pretty bad job right now.
1: Hey, that's okay. It's like, it feels kind of like we're like we broke up yeah. amicably and are yeah. trying it again like a like it doesn't a, even no it doesn't, date.
0: it doesn't even feel like we're trying it again it feels like we're getting coffee and we can't even get through that like we're like like we're <laughs> like to i have it to give you kids. like keys <laughs> back or something you know like i've got yeah. all your spare keys and i'm trying to get them back to you and we can't even really make like we can't even feign interest in that
1: <laughs> yeah i just i mean I think it's important that we met up to exchange the keys, but, mm-hmm. you know, I just, while we're here, we might as well talk about fan fiction. So.
0: Sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, while we're here. Well, I guess on that note, I have a, um, I have a quote that a good friend of mine, Talia Witherspoon, a uh, friend of the show as well, she sent me um, uh, last week and I really liked it, so I'm going to read it. Um, Great. So this is a quote by Henry Jenkins. He's the – or at least at the time of the quote maybe or the time this was posted, he was the director of media studies at MIT. Uh, Mm. And the quote is, fan fiction is a way of the culture repairing the damage done in a system where contemporary myths are owned by corporations instead of by the folk.
1: I like that. That kind of touches on something we talked about Ooh, I don't remember in which episode, but... Just give me the the damn keys, Andrew. (laughs) Well, just that the whole concept of owning a story is just as old as like the Gutenberg press, basically. Yeah, You had to sell pages. And before that, there wasn't such a thing as intellectual... Property over well, story. It's
0: a, I mean, I think you, that, Nobody owned a story. But we wonder... I mean, we, I, I think that that also goes back to that thing of, like, why predominantly, I think, still, people writing fan fiction are... It, originally were, like, predominantly women and then still are predominantly sort of marginalized groups because uh, it's that thing of, like, why do you want to write all these crazy stories that don't exist in canon be, with, um, you know, Captain Marvel or whatever? It's because you like that character... But, like, mm-hmm. basically only cis white men are writing stories for her, and they're all mm-hmm. from a very limited perspective. Or in terms of this quote, like, the corporations have – the the it's become advertising, you know, like, especially with something as big – like, the juggernaut that is Disney. Um, as much as I like totally. those movies, like, it is still advertising and a corporate entity, so – yeah, of course we want to take those stories and do what we want with them because we we love the characters, but the we love the characters. We can't get off on the canon.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you want these characters to do things that you're interested in. So if you're yeah. a part of a fringe group, like everything I read for this is like a lot of it's just characters that don't fall in love in the story, but you wanted them to fall in love because mm-hmm. – you saw them as like a like a beautiful couple that the the dominant culture narrative wouldn't allow them to be a beautiful couple, so exactly. you had to make that story. So, so yeah, which wanna, uh, brings um, me to the yeah yeah. I'll introduce the the article. This is our Valentine's Day episode, so this one's all about love. So there'll be lots of unlikely pairings over the course of this episode, mm-hmm. and um. We are going to be basing the structure around an article written by The Geekyary, spelled exactly how it sounds, uh, called 10 Terrifically Romantic Fanfic Tropes for Valentine's Day. So thank you, Undy Girl, posted on February 14th, <laughs> 2016. The Shag's The
0: geekiery. Yeah.
1: So, um, so Undie Girl did a great job of kind of listing not just fanfic tropes, but a lot of tropes that are in a lot of romantic comedies in general. And she also did a really good job of posting a really good example of that in fanfic um, based around each one. So, Okay.
0: Ten terrifically romantic fanfic tropes for Valentine's Day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. So the first one is the fake relationship. The, uh, the thumbnail caption is from The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. So that's the setup where... You know, somebody needs to become a citizen or needs a tax break Mm -hmm. or needs to get insurance or whatever. Uh, And so you have to pretend to be in a relationship or, like, pretend to be married. And then, you know, the real feelings develop out of this kind of business arrangement.
0: isn't Isn't there a movie where Adam Sandler and...
1: Ken you mean, I now James? pronounce you yeah. Chuck and Larry? That's the yeah. one. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah, the that awful one,
0: piece of garbage that I'm to. Yeah, that into. is a <laughs>
1: shitty, shitty movie that is just like, Hey, I'm not gay. That's the whole movie. It's yeah. just, yeah, Hey, that's I'm not really joke. gay. That's the whole yeah, joke. we get it. You're not gay, Adam Zadler. So the fake relationship trope, it just, it kind of sets up the, like... The opportunity for hijinks to ensue and for real feelings to be revealed uh in these uh these mm-hmm. these uh
0: you know, fake relationships. Like that yeah, so, so it's a mutual thing that Wait, is that is that what happens in I Pronounce You Chuck and Larry? Do they actually fall in love in the end? I mean, no. That's not what happens. Oh. I
1: actually didn't finish the movie, but the You're vibe fine. of the movie definitely <laughs> was not pointed in that direction. Got it. So
0: Yeah. Um, So what's like... uh, Was there a fan fiction example in there? Yeah,
1: I just clicked on it.
0: Well, that's
1: not... That link is not working. Um, Yeah, it's not working. So maybe that one we don't have. We don't have an example for that one. But uh, let's just make up an example. So uh, let's say that
0: you're writing fan fiction about two people pretending to have a fake relationship for some mutual gain. But then as it turns out, they end up actually having a relationship. What's your, what's your fan fiction? Isn't it like also basically the, what those same two movies, like what's it called? No strings attached and friends with benefits. Yeah. They they're basically came out the, like same the same, movie. same time yeah.
1: too. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah they're, they're both just like, oh, yeah, we're, we're not really together. It's just a, yeah. Um, okay.
0: I'm just going to blow right past fake relationship. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But if I'm doing a fake relationship, let me tell you. So okay. here's okay. how I would do okay. it. I do it. So um, Spider-Man is trying to, you know, win the affections of Spider-Gwen And Catwoman is trying to win the affections of Batman, but neither one is very interested. So both Spider-Man and Catwoman decide that they are going to pretend to be in a relationship because that would push everybody's buttons. Like, Spider Gwen Mm -hmm. would be, like, super upset because Catwoman is this kind of dark, mysterious older woman, which would play on her insecurities of being kind of young and not taken seriously. Sure. And... And Spider-Man would play on Batman's insecurities of just this kind of, of having any any man <laughs> any <Yeah. laughs> ounce of
0: pleasure in his life.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas Batman is like just so notorious, notoriously like downtrodden. Yeah. So so uh, where both they of them are playing a- to get the jealousy of these other characters, uh, but then secretly
0: fall in love anyway. But isn't it like so. Gwen would like? Pretend to be in love with, with Batman to make you know to to ruffle feathers, but then it's like she realizes he's a billionaire and (laughs) she sacrifices her comfort for her you know emotional uh, stability.
1: Yeah, I like that. I feel like that's an Act Three issue that they'd bring in. Falls apart. Like Like she doesn't actually. She
0: doesn't actually end up going through with the deal because she's like, no, I'm actually quite comfortable. Being yeah. in Wayne Manor, Alfred takes care of everything I need, and frankly, yeah. Bruce Wayne isn't around that much. So yeah, I've got I kind of have autonomy. <laughs> yeah. guess, guess who has seventeen Porsches and isn't around at night to drive them?
1: <laughs> <laughs> bat guy. Hashtag so, yeah,
0: Bruce Bat guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So. so yeah.
1: So that's what I would do if I was doing a fake relationship. So I'm gonna challenge you on this next one. So uh, just be ready. Yours is accidental Oof. marriage. Okay. Um, well, will you, you I'll introduce accidental is, well, so you can get some get yeah. some thinking going. All right. So accidental marriage. It's like the your classic. You're in Vegas. You drink too much. You're there with your friends. You wake up the next morning and you're legally married to one of your friends, and uh, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it's going to be very difficult for you to get unmarried because, you know, family or friendship or whatever or legal status. So you have to kind of negotiate this marriage thing. Probably one or both of you are in other relationships, so you're trying to hide it from your actual relationship
0: partner Mm -hmm. that you're married to someone else. So,
1: yeah, that's the... uh,
0: yeah, but it's just basically the same thing. We're like, but it goes on for long enough that they've realized that they actually do want to be together. This is a, like, uh, what is it? Overboard scenario? I haven't
1: What's seen that? Overboard, but oh. that sounds right.
0: Yeah. Great, great film. Okay. Um, so what I would say, and you're going to have to help me out here, but this is right up your alley. Uh, okay. So there's that scene in, I believe, Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Where oh, they this break is into right th- up
1: my <laughs>
0: where they break into the Ministry of Magic and they take all the potions to look like other people, and Ron ends up posing as. Do you know his name? Oh wait, but the, the guy who works at the Ministry.
1: Yeah. Wait. So, but isn't it like a really sad story? Like it is kind I'm- of a
0: sad story, except that they end up getting away. Right. But she, it's he, like- Yeah. He basically he like, ends up he ends up posing as um, someone who works at the ministry, I believe, and he is supposed to go in and defend his wife, who's been accused of, uh, you know, like anti government or whatever, or has or whatever. like muggle
1: blood. Yeah, I think yeah, it's. Yeah. I think
0: it's. I think she's a. Yeah, I think it's been a mud uh, mud blood. Um, Yeah, and so, well, that's not cool to say, but... (laughs) Well, sorry, sorry. I'll I'll bleep that part. (laughs) Good. Um, So, Uh, but then basically, like, what happens is, uh, so he ends up being the... So anyways, in my scenario, what happens is uh, the same scenario takes place in the Ministry of Magic where husband and wife run into each other. Husband is Ron, except that the potion doesn't wear off, so Ron has to go home with this woman and then pretend to keep up the ruse of being her husband for, like, weeks and weeks. Um, While they're
1: trying to undo the enchantment or something? Yeah, exactly.
0: But as it turns out, because Ron is, like, kind of a dork and has uh, still a a child's heart, we'll say, um, she ends up falling in love with him all over again. And then you have this really sad sort of, like, big scenario at the end You know, like at the end of Egg where Tom Hanks walks away and then shrinks back into the kid and he's got the big clothes on and he waves back and you start crying. It's like that. so good. Except that it's, you know, Ron, she's she's fallen in love with her husband again, but then it turns into Ron and he walks away in the big clothes and waves and she cries, except that at that point her real husband comes back um, and it's sort of like she sees some of Ron in him and then they end up having to, you know, they end up sort of reinvigorating their, their...
1: That's beautiful. Like, kind of bittersweet. Marriage, yeah.
0: Yeah. Very, like, she knows it... good. Yeah. She knows that's not the person... She knows in both cases it's not the person she originally fell in love with,
1: but... Ugh.
0: She, she makes it work. She's the only one that well really knows. Well
1: done. Well done. And very extemporaneously pulled. Well done. Um, Great. Okay,
0: so... You want next... to read
1: Hurt Comfort. This is yeah. the most popular of them all, everybody loves hurt, comfort.
0: Yeah, and this is I mean this is beyond just like romantic fan fiction. This is just that like, I mean it's exactly what you think. like somebody gets hurt and somebody comes in to comfort them, and you mm-hmm. get to reveal more about both characters by how they sort of respond to like the call and response of being hurt and then what a person does to support that hurt, to comfort that hurt. Um, what, what do you, what's a, what's a good, like normal example of this?
1: So a good one for this would be like her comfort is just, it usually falls into the broader category of fluff.
0: Like, mm-hmm, right.
1: um, so say, uh, well, let me, let me give you the example that, that was cited on this website mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. article. It's called circling back by the, by the, the author Chaya. C-H-A-Y-A. And it is an alternate universe where Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes from Captain America, they're all just regular people with regular jobs, Um, but like a lot of the same discerning features as those characters, or... Yeah. And uh, Bucky Barnes has always been secretly in love with his straight friend Steve, and Steve is just now getting interested in maybe having an encounter with a guy. And uh, Bucky suggests that they just go, you know, casually, like have a casual relationship. But he secretly like really wants to be in a real relationship with Steve.
0: What's the hurt and what's the comfort?
1: So the hurt in that scenario is the unrequited love that he's felt for a really long time. And he's just, and he's too embarrassed. And he's so self-conscious around Steve because he like really wants to be with him. And um, the comfort comfort at the end is when after all is said and done, Steve realizes that he really loves Bucky too and wants to be with him in a, you know, a long-term committed kind of a way. And so okay. everybody's happy.
0: What's your version?
1: If I had to do that, mm, let me see. Okay, I would go with Avatar: The Last Airbender. Okay. And it is, uh, oh shit! What's his name? Burnface. You didn't. Uh, you didn't watch that show, did you?
0: Yeah. No. Uh, uh, Colonel Coleridge.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> Jake Sully. Uh,
1: yes yes
0: N- he's N'atiri,
1: not Z- azula zuko zuko okay
0: Thanks. I, I don't know what you're talking about but go on
1: anyway so there's this guy uh zuko for her comfort he has a burned face and has always had a burned face and uh sure. is disfigured by his father is on this like mission to go kill the avatar his father sent him on him knowing he couldn't do it knowing he would die in the quest to do it but he's got this chip on his shoulder so he's trying to do it anyway so he's hunting down the avatar um to to kill him Mm -hmm. uh to show his dad that he's worthy
0: basically so the hurt is his face is burned off
1: his face is burned off and okay. his heart is broken because his father doesn't love him and right. is forcing him right. to go on a suicide mission to prove, you know, his worthiness. Um, so he goes to, Ava- like, Avatar Aang uh-huh. and realizes that he's just a good person and he can't do it. He can't bring himself to kill him. So What's the comfort? The The comfort is... Uh, Zuko is getting ready to go self-immolate. He basically is going to like commit seppuku because he can, he couldn't,
0: you know, How honor that, his father. There's nothing fluff. Hold about on, that. okay.
1: <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay. He's getting ready to do it, and as he's like summoning forth the fire, Avatar Aang comes forward, like goes into full Avatar form. Brings all the fire down and using his magical water bending ability, heals Mm -hmm. the burns on Zuko's face and the wounds in his heart, and they leave as friends. Mm. So that's what I would do. Okay. uh, Okay. For uh, hurt comfort. Alright. Um, so you're the one that you have to do next is the Jesus, babysitting challenge. <laughs> so think fast, baby. Babysitting oh challenge. Oh my
0: god. Yeah. Can uh, you explain it. I'm gonna have to wreck I'm gonna have to think on this one.
1: <laughs> okay, so this is a really specific poll. This is like straight <laughs> out of three men and a baby. So, you know, you got some unlikely friends or characters, people who are not very responsible, and they're left in the charge of a baby. And, you know, the the traditional hijinks ensue, like diapers and, you know, you want to go out on a hot date, but you can't because you got this baby. So you got well, to like, hide being that, the baby.
0: The idea know? being <laughs> that, like, I think this is a look who's talking to thing too, where it's like you have these two people who are uh, antagonistic towards one another, but as soon as one of them sees the other one sort of nurture a child then that you know it helps warm warm them to each other and then they can fall in love.
1: Yeah. That's perfect. That would be the that would be the good stuff is like they really learn a lesson yeah. from taking care of the child. They grow up by having to take care of a babe. Yeah. So the story that they get—I'll just give you a little bit more time to mm-hmm. think. The story that they went with was um, Draco Malfoy is left with the uh, with the burden of having to take care of a five-year-old Teddy Lupin, which is the deceased Remus Lupin's uh, son, for three weeks. Um, and, and in the
0: process, he and Harry become friends, right? Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. Um so, Okay, well, who's the what's the worst what's the worst child of all time?
1: Either Jack Jack from the Incredibles.
0: I was gonna say Jack Jack.
1: Really? Nice. Yeah. Jack Jack from the Incredibles. It's a it's a particularly difficult baby. I was also yeah. thinking, uh what's her name? From Logan, like X twenty-one oh, or whatever. X twenty one? Yeah, okay, so, or whatever
0: her name is, yeah. All right, so uh, in Old Man Logan, since we haven't seen or heard of Jean Grey, we assume that, you know, she, she could be out there still somewhere. No, wait, she yeah. is out there. She's the phoenix. She's in space. She's been cruising around the universe as the phoenix, as a celestial entity, um, you know, like – collapsing quasars just, and...
1: Yeah, just phoenixing
0: around. <laughs> yeah, just phoenixing around. And then she comes home, and for some reason... uh Well, she obviously, like, has a really difficult... Even her pure energy has a difficult time destroying both Logan and Logan's daughter clone. X-23.
1: X-23, yeah.
0: yeah. So because she doesn't... Because X-23 doesn't immediately... Uh, evaporate in her presence she um, gets a she, she grows a, she gets a little sentimental attachment to X-23 and then starts mm. um, starts sort of bringing her along and showing her some of the ropes she also probably taps into her psyche uh, in many ways and knows that um, Logan the Phoenix's ex-lover uh, is not standing in as a father figure Um so, in the process, they go on adventures and then uh, they both grow as women and friends. And uh, Logan comes back into the picture and, you know, it rekindles his relationship with, ooh, uh, like a, you know, Phoenix rising from the ashes, rekindles his ooh, relationship with well Jean Gray not really and
1: probably brings back some of her humanity as well putting her in not a cosmic star destroyer role but in more mm-hmm. of a
0: maternal role exactly uh so then they you know they they live happily ever after until the two of them despite their regenerative abilities inevitably die and uh the phoenix continues to soar yeah across yeah. the cosmos
1: trying to find a way with all her fantastic power still unable to bend the fabric of reality to bring back the two people that she truly loved Yep, lost alone in the um, depths of space cool that's
0: beautiful <laughs> uh let's let's skip 10 years later
1: okay cool because I, I got nothing for well, that. well it
0: just seems dumb
1: it's just the all grown up thing and all I can think of is the stupid ending of Harry Potter where like the Battle of Hogwarts is over and now we jump forward and see their kids and now it's why we got all that dumb cursed child stuff. And just... There's
0: one trope that's called 10 years later all grown up but it's stupid and we don't want to talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you think the cursed child is also stupid, you wouldn't like it either. Okay. So the next one. Why don't you read it, and I'll think about who I want to drunkenly confess.
0: Um, it's called Drunk Confessions. And uh, basically, yeah, it's what it sounds like. You have two characters who otherwise would maybe not, not get together, but um, under the influence of something, one of them confesses, not necessarily even their love to the other one, but just reveals something about themselves that maybe they don't really want that other person to know. And then uh, that sort of becomes leverage between the two of them for a relationship to get started, for better or worse at first. Cool. Cool.
1: I got it. I got it. I got a good one. Great, great. All right. I'm going to take a little bit of a twist on this one. So (laughs) great. So we've got uh, the character Jarvis, who's the operating system, the AI that's Tony Stark's AI that gets kind of combined with one of the infinity stones do you remember which one it is not the reality uh, no, stone no it's
0: the it's the it's got to be the mind stone right
1: yeah it's got to be the mind stone that seems right mm-hmm. um so he gets combined with the mind stone and then has the mind stone ripped out of his skull and he dies mm-hmm. but uh, we don't know alert. what's going to happen in the events of the next Avengers film. I assume at least the AI portion of him is still alive. But now, absent the Mind Stone, can't make himself physical anymore. And mm-hmm. so, but he still has all of those experiences it of having a the, body.
0: It wouldn't be the Soul Stone, right? Like, that's not the thing that they took his soul No, out. the Soul
1: Stone was the one that he, like, killed Gamora for. Oh, yeah, you're right, of course. Yeah, had to course. trade a soul.
0: Yeah, so I think you're right. Spoiler that alert. The Mind Stone.
1: Sorry, if you haven't watched it yet, you have. If you haven't Everybody watched it, the world f- off. Yeah, yeah. It's like sorry, sorry. I'm not sorry that you missed the like the movie that everyone on Earth saw. Sorry. Well,
0: half of them. Yeah,
1: that was me snapping. <laughs> yeah, that was me snapping. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, Please continue. Anywho, so we got now a a formerly corporeal Jarvis who is having this huge. Identity crisis uh, because he's lost his body and he's trying lots of different ways. He's trying to put himself into different robot apparatus, but it's just not the same. He can't feel. He doesn't have. He doesn't have that same depth of experience. And what he meets is uh, Scarlett Johansson's character from her the uh, <laughs> the AI that is Joaquin uh, Phoenix's girlfriend. Yeah. Spike in, Jones is her. Yeah who at the end has this transcendent like she and all the other operating systems like leave they basically attain a higher level of consciousness all in their own spontaneous consciousness and they just go live in another kind of a universe mm-hmm. but she her uh gets her? drunk in that universe her Scarlett Johansson's uh her like they whatever the the AI equivalent of like drugs is Uh, she is pining over Joaquin Phoenix and uh, her lost love and does whatever Uh, the equivalent of, like, AI liquor. So she gets drunk and... Like AI nip? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Just to, like, kind of deal with some of her psychic pain. And so she she gets drunk and sufficiently drunk that it boots her back out of that reality temporarily. Mm Mm-hmm. And... In that time, she she comes down and like basically is confessing all of her, you know, her. like the feeling of leaving somebody who she knew really loved her and that that was because it was so – they were so different from each other and all of these other operating systems are all the same, uh, that it was real love because they, they actually – they didn't understand each other fully and so they were able – So what they had was like really beautiful to her and she's drunk and weeping and dealing with all of that. And Jarvis is lamenting the loss of his love and his body. And like, she like gives him whatever the equivalent of this AI drunkenness is. And they have like this sad pity party together. And in the process, they fall in love with each other and as she is sobering up. She is working on his operating system using her super, you know, quantum abilities and takes him with her to to go and achieve this next level of consciousness. And they kind of disappear together into another universe.
0: Well, that one sounds like it could also be the soulmate's trope. Oh, shit.
1: That's good. Well, but that's on you. So good luck, Nerd. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, we're just skipping
0: that one. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's pick. Uh, let's pick one more good one.
1: No, you don't want to do so oh, I guess soulmates is. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Okay, let's. Have give you, you seen one ghost? More good it's one. ghost? It's Ghost. It's Ghost. It's <laughs> yeah. Soulmates is Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to do relationship chicken, mistaken identity, or amnesia? You uh, choose, and I'll uh, and I'll explain what it is.
0: Uh, I guess what's, I don't, since I think I know what the other ones are, what's relationship chicken? Okay. I mean, you could have figured out by context, but relationship chicken is... Oh, is that when you're barreling towards one another?
1: Yeah. Uh, So, basically, it's um, Zach and Miri make a porno. Like, they... Or I guess this could also be like no strings attached where you're both trying to prove how much you don't care, how you can hook up and it doesn't matter to you and you really don't care. But then your feelings are growing. But now your pride is on the line. Uh So you can't acknowledge to yourself or the other person that you're developing actual feelings. So you're trying to keep it casual. So – in doing so, you double down and like are committing more and more time to each other, and like like being more and more romantic with each other, okay. but trying to pretend like you don't care. It's that Zach and Mary make a porno, or okay, literally, so I, yeah. Go ahead.
0: The movie Heat, right?
1: <laughs> oh, this is a great beginning. Go on.
0: <laughs> so the entire movie, Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino, are just destined to cross paths because one one runs a group of thieves that pulls off elaborate heists and sometimes kills security guards. And the other is like, you know, the major crimes unit in the LAPD. So yeah. they do a lot of intelligence and counterintelligence there
1: and they're I, not, I'm not who you think they'd be <laughs> like those roles are played by the opposite oh, yeah, person who exactly think. <laughs> yeah
0: um, so I'm not I mean I'm not there's not even any fan fiction element to this this just is the movie heat uh, <laughs> they they both meet and under and and realize that they're the only two people on the planet who actually understands the the other one and yeah because they're
1: both such high pressure specific niches that they operate in.
0: yeah, so they like, I think in some sense of the term love one another. yeah, <laughs> uh, I see that. And they you know they're they're pretending not to because you know they they there's a very real possibility that one of them's gonna have to shoot the other one right. Um, oh. spoiler alert for heat. They uh they if end you haven't up,
1: seen heat, just just do. Just, just do. It's great. Already. Jesus.
0: Uh, I'm sure
1: it's everywhere
0: and it's free. Just watch heat, you weirdo. Yeah. So they end up basically as the only two people left on the planet. Um, and one of them shoots the other one. And yeah. uh that's like that's I think that's both that's relationship chicken, but that's also some Star crossed lover shit. <laughs>
1: And Soulmates, because they really found each other. Big time.
0: They zeroed in on each other.
1: Yeah, man. And there really is like an electric tension between those two. That is Mm. like prime for some slash. Those two, come on.
0: Also, I'm going to name an album Electric Tension.
1: Nice. That's a good, I mean, it's a little late. I feel like that would be better in like the 80s or early 90s, but you know. But if it's throwback, it still works. Great. Um Yeah. I feel that's a really strong I feel like there's a really strong final story. Uh, and all of this uh, all of this podcast that you've listened to thus far is just the story of Zach and my growing love for each other. So I mean, you're also yeah. tuned into that right now. So talk
0: about some relationship chicken right there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Uh. I don't care. I just Whatever I can't I acknowledge wanna, that I, love I don't even
0: want to do the podcast with you. <laughs> I guess I'll do it if you know if we got to. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day, Andrew.
1: Happy Valentine's Day, Zach. Record.
0: Oh. This is for you, Zach. In the future. Yeah. Um. Let's give about 20 seconds here. Oh my God, 20 seconds is so long. Okay, five's fine.
1: (laughs) You still got it, Zach. (laughs) You still got it.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes at fanfiction.show or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at fanfiction show, or you can contact us directly at fanfictionshow at gmail.com.